Hello and welcome back to Ten in the Chamber, a Studio Trigger retrospective podcast. My name is City, along here with Marshmallow and Eros. We are going into episode eight of Kill la Kill. And here in this episode, we have the beginnings of what is going to be, I guess, the uh, the election arc, we want to call this. I think it sounds about right. Yeah, natural elections. elections. <laughs> yeah, the, the natural elections, I think, is supposed to be like a play on like natural election, na- natural selection. Why did I take that long to realize <laughs> that that was the pun? <laughs> oh, fucking god! I <laughs> I looked. I literally looked at my notes because I did write in "natural's election," and then I just like, oh, if I move the s slightly, ah, right there. <laughs> um, I think it's it's a different. I think it might be a different pun in Japanese because they translate it differently depending, mm-hmm. like the manga. I think called it a snap election. <laughs> right. <I don't> know. <laughs> Some, yeah, and then in the previous episode they called it a reprisal general election. So they, yeah, well, what so, is this election uh, at this point? <laughs> I like the next natural's election because it it it, it, it tries to keep, it keeps a pun, you know, it, it localizes the pun yeah. <laughs> or it makes a pun. Yeah, yeah. shout out, shout out to the play. Yeah, yeah, shout out to the localization team whoever did the subs of just yeah, making that. I, pun. I like the natural's election. I think that's cool. <laughs> it's it's very good. I love it. Satsuki is basically disbanding every club on on the school and basically saying, "All right, everyone fight." Everyone has a week to basically survive and come to the school, like a seven week, a seven day vacation for the school. And in that time, everyone basically has to survive <laughs> and get to the school in order to actually participate in these elections to basically become part of the student council. And of course, student council being a student council means you get a lot of power and status. So of course, everyone's just gonna fucking go wild for this. <laughs> go <laughs> um, monkey. Yes, going absolutely just fucking batshit crazy, which is just a funny like thing like to see uh, Mako's family just just having tea and just sitting in quiet like peacefulness. We're okay I'm, with poverty. Yeah, which again, you know, not really. But it's not like they they had a choice, and I mean they did have a choice, but not really a choice. <laughs> yeah, know. I guess. Yeah, um, but but for this seven-day vacation, essentially, um, Ryuko and Mako decide to take a trip down to uh, to the destroyed uh, Matoi Mansion, where we get a lot more backstory about Ryuko. We ride the scooter together. And you see Mako's hugging Ryuko yeah, so tight. Like, so hugging her really so tight that Sakesu <laughs> cannot breathe. <laughs> Which is, again, funny that he needs to breathe. He's close. He's close. <laughs> Why do you need to breathe, man? He has to breathe, you know? But what mouth? <laughs> he has a mouth. We don't see it unless he just... Unless, unless he's not wearing him. Yeah. <laughs> when, he's, when she's not wearing him, he's, he just has a mouth. Um, but, uh, yeah. So, Ryuko... We get to see more of uh, of how she grew up, uh, going to boarding schools because her dad uh, was too busy with his research to properly raise her, and it's kind of how she basically became a delinquent as she grew up, until eventually she gets a letter to from him to say to come back to to his house, and she finds him dying with the scissor blade stuck in him, and we finally kind of see what he looks like which his design <laughs> feels very vintage anime i think more specifically um i, th- I believe it's of course the, i believe it's supposed to kind of harken to the um 
to the scientist that created Astro Boy, or one of the characters. Yeah, I see Astro it. Boy. I noticed in all the the like flashback scenes that we've seen, the like aspect ratio changes, and I feel like that's yeah. t- to invoke mm. like the feeling of an older anime, which is why Kill a Kill. As said in like previous episodes, it feels kind of like an older anime than what it, it mm-hmm. actually is. Yeah, and yeah, <laughs> yeah. And to correct myself earlier, I meant the the main villain of uh, Astro Boy, uh, Doctor Tenma, who has a big <laughs> pointy nose and like a beard <laughs> and everything. Yeah, oh, so. the true villain, the true villain of Kill a Kill. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, yeah, maybe but we'll get to that, you know. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll get there. Mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> so we learn a lot more about just kind of Rico's relationship with her dad, which I mean, there really wasn't one, which is kind of it's it's mm-hmm. it's a very interesting way of Rico kind of explaining her reasoning as to why she would care about the death of her dad that she didn't really have a relationship with to be to begin with but it makes me feel like ryuko like is think in her mind is like charged by the feeling of what she could have had with her dad yeah like like that was that opportunity is just lost now and like she wants to know who, who took that away from her especially after she got the letter to come back mm-hmm. yeah like as in like she she knew that he was so like enraptured and like busy with like his research which we at this point like as the audience we don't know what what it's about but it has something to do with you know what's happening like with with the school with like possibly with like life fibers at this point since we know that he created uh, Sanketsu um so yeah I think just like that that thought of like you know what was it that was so important that he couldn't even like raise me or have a relationship with me yeah i think it's just that curiosity about about that that is what pushes her to basically do what she's been doing this whole time which is to find out why she, why why he's dead who killed who him? killed my dad who killed my dad <laughs> i got to find out who killed, killed my, my dad, dad. <laughs> <laughs> I also like that she's explaining her entire backstory to Mako, and it means it means that she trusts her. Yeah, these bitches. Yeah. Especially, as, yeah, especially after everything they went through, you know. Obviously, she's opened up to Sanketsu at this point because of the what they've shared so far. But now this is kind of her opening up also to Mako, try to give her like a better understanding of what her whole deal is. Yeah, and believe Riko says like she doesn't feel alone anymore, and that she can rely on Mako and her family now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just Mar- like, oh, it makes me happy. Yeah. But then when they decide to go back into the basement uh, of the of the mansion, and they find that it's just completely cleaned out. Because we saw, like, in the first episode, it was just a bunch of, like, strung about clothes, and Senketsu was buried underneath all of them, but now it's just completely empty. Yeah, and- I really love the, the scene before they go into the basement, because <laughs> cause it's me, okay? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, but, it's okay. Because it's me. But, um... It's really interesting because Ryuko puts her hand on her heart and says, where, where Sun cuts his eyes, which is an imagery that I just, that gets me so much that his eye rests over his her heart. And so she puts her hand over her heart where, where Sun cuts his eyes is. And she says, I also want to know why my dad made you. And she really wants to know him, which is reiterating kind of what happened or is re- re- reiterating the right word, but um, mm. kind of bringing back that idea from episode two that she really wants to know more about Sankets too, and I really like that. But but what I really love is she holds her hand there, 
as they synchronize and like she doesn't say life i ever synchronized or anything she doesn't seem to give them any blood and they just synchronize just like that with her hand over her heart and i it's, it's just really yeah, sweet it's, to me. Yeah. yeah very sweet it is very sweet they find nothing in there so they decide to drive home but the bike breaks down but thankfully Kamigori is here to come and pick them up because uh, he has a new car I love his car it's just a big pink lowrider it's great <laughs> <laughs> and uh, in a way this is a uh, kind of this second half here we get more about uh gamagori this is uh this episode and then a bit of the of the, of the next episode uh, we learn a lot more about gamagori since you know we already learned about uzu so now it's gamagori's turn you kind of figure yeah, out what his yeah. deal is mm-hmm. and his relationship to satsuki which initially started with him as a as a class president of another school and a student is about to jump off of the roof of the school because there are two bullies that are essentially holding their status over him. One bully has, uh, like, his dad is the boss of, like, the company that the that the victim's dad is in. And he said that, you know, your dad's going to get fired if you don't jump off this uh, this roof. And the girl next to him is like, yeah, and my dad's the police chief and he'll cover up anything, you know. Japanese so- bullying to me is so, like... So, it's, it's, it's so weird. Like so drastic. So drastic. Like goddamn. Yeah. Like, <laughs> didn't he just spill milk on her? Larry just yeah, spilled milk just on her by accident. Her. Yeah, and Jesus. just majorly escalating. Which I mean, if I guess it does fit for this world of just like absolute, like just maximum, like amount of like just complete absurdity, just happening over like even the smallest things. Um, yeah, that's true. Yeah, but Satsuki is there to uh, to save the day. Thankfully, the student does not does not perish, uh, and she also basically takes care of the bullies by basically buying out their parents in a way. Um, <laughs> and this is a it's kind of I I find uh, Gamagori's relationship with Satsuki to just be the most interesting I think out of all of them. Which I mean, I mean at least from like mm. how much information we're given. Because spoilers, Gamagori gets another flashback in the in the in the next episode um, but for this one we kind of just see the beginnings of like of how he views Satsuki because he sees Satsuki using her basically her parents influence as he, he doesn't see it as anything different from uh, from what the bullies are doing with their parents influence but she argues that uh, she does not leech off her parents influence but rather she exploits that influence of power and makes it her own and it's just mm-hmm. a difference of resolve which, you know, it's a very interesting way of looking at it. And also very much uh, fits her for the goal, for the goals that she is, uh, that we're kind of realizing more and more what kind of her goal is, in a way. Yeah, yeah. This flashback is really interesting. And, and even before the flashback, um, it's really interesting for Gamagori because he's presented in the first episode as this, you know, really hard, cruel, mean dictator, but... When he goes to pick up Ryuko and Mako, he's just like, I take care of the students and it doesn't matter who they are, so you get to ride in my car. It seems like such a drastic contrast to what we've seen before. And in the flashback, too, he's like, he doesn't want to see any wrongdoing go on. And yet, at Honoji Academy, he's doing so much awful stuff in the name of Satsuki. I mean, I guess I've picked up on this before, but it really stood out to me in this rewatch. That is just such a drastic contrast. I feel like maybe he only acts that way on school, but like off campus, he's a little more like 
relax. Like, hey, if I see a student on the side of the road, I'm gonna go pick him up and take him back home. Yeah, he sees that he has like a he he knows that his job carries with him like a big responsibility, so he wants to be able to live up to that. And whether that could be for his own sake or for the sake of you know looking good for Satsuki, you know, we don't really kind of know the details of that. Um, but yeah, it's but it's kind of interesting of like how differently he is portrayed here compared to you know how we how we first saw him in that first episode i really i really like him here <laughs> yeah i mean he's a total pervert with, with the <laughs> yeah that, that's, um, that's unnecessary i didn't need that but i mean but well, total power bottom <laughs> i mean, well, <laughs> I mean so am i wrong yeah. I'm, you're not wrong, because um, yeah, because he does pick up Ryuko and Mako, but they quickly get um, a, a drive-by happens from the airsoft automobile club, which are just <laughs> two clubs like that just meshed into one just to try and fight off. Uh, because basically, Michael's actions in episode four confirm the fact that Kamui's only work for either Ryuko and Senketsu or for Satsuki with Jinketsu. So now the students kind of just realize, all right, we'll get the next best thing, which is the three-star uniforms that the that the the student council has and we see what uh gamagori's is capable of without exactly seeing what it looks like and what it does look like initially as we see it is that he's um bound and (laughs) this is one way of putting it and is getting is basically getting shot with a bunch of airsoft bullets and he is yeah pretty perverted in that (laughs) yeah (laughs) Not, I'm not gonna repeat exactly what he said, but it is very, you know, evidence as to what exactly it's supposed to be. <laughs> I personally love it because it feels a little more fair now, like with all the fan service with the female characters. Now we get some with the males. <laughs> yeah, and I, I do. Pre- is it fan service? <laughs> for some people, I it, mean, I wanted it. For some, I, for oh, some okay, people, okay. It. I don't, I don't know what people want. <laughs> <laughs> some people like different things. This is we don't kink shame in this. Uh, in I this want space. bottom boys. <laughs> um, yeah. So with um, fuck, I, but I, but I do He's like also twenty. Yeah, yes, he's he's twenty years old. We also learned that he basically held himself back on purpose uh, in high school to uh, be in the same class as Satsuki and follow her proper. But also aside from that, I what I enjoy um, is that they they do show off kind of what he what he's capable of with his uniform without directly showing you what it looks like or understanding completely how it works. So. We have to kind of wait until the next episode to figure out more of how that works. So I do like that they do tease it in this in this case. Teasing not being in that sense that some people might think. <laughs> <laughs> but after that, Yuko and Mako are dropped off at a gas station to at least... Uh, so that they can make it uh, the rest of the way back home. Oh yeah, and one more... Uh, another thing I wanted to mention is... Um, Another moment between uh, Mako and Gamagori here is that as uh, Mako is poorly singing a song about going to hell, <laughs> which is very <laughs> so interesting. Cute, but also like, huh? <laughs> very cute, but also like Mako singing something very dark about driving all the way to hell. Gamagori basically telling her like, can you please tell her to stop singing? And Ryuko, I think, saying something along the lines of like, Mako, it kind of beats to her own drum. Uh, what Mako basically says is, uh, "My life's track, my life's traffic lights are always yellow," and uh, Gamagori um, reads that as her saying, "In life, proceed with caution," 
Which does also build up on the respect that he is uh, gained from her from episode four. I think yeah. that's just a really I, I, I like cool, that too. I like a cool touch that mm-hmm. they are following up with like their their kind of mutual respect in a, in a sense. Again, also showing that you know Gamagori when he's not like kind of being a very ruthless you know dictator in his own way, uh, he's a pretty pretty chill cool guy. So with all that, and a week later we have the results of these elections or rather not the results but basically the next the next stage of them which is the king of the hill final battle which <laughs> we are now setting up for Ryuko to take on all of the elite four proper i kind of at first um it's implied that they were originally just going to have them like basically do like a big free for all but um gamagori suggests that they all do 1v1s against Ryuko so that's how we're basically going to get like a very fast forwarded tournament arc up to like these like final fights essentially. Yeah, it's like oh boy, time for the big fights. Oh boy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just fights back to back. Yeah. Next to the next episodes. Yeah. So going forward for the next at least I think like two or three episodes, probably not going to be much discussion here cuz a lot of these are going to be the fights, but we will still have them be uh, separate individual episodes just because there's a couple moments here that stand out to me and i think also for marshmallow and uh, eros here that we will we will discuss but they will be a bit shorter than yes. the episodes we've had so far so we'll just let you know but aside from that that is all we have to say about this episode in particular uh thank you once again for tuning in for myself city and also for eros and marshmallow we will see you next time have a wonderful day and goodbye Bye. Bye. <laughs>